You're listening to the Science of Sports Recovery Podcast. Each week, we explore how to recover more efficiently from training so you can work out harder and realize your full potential. This is the Science of Sports Recovery Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Jace Craft, and welcome to the podcast. You are listening to another episode of the Science of Sports Recovery podcast. I have on the show today, Jeff Pelizero. He is a licensed physical therapist and Golf Digest Top 50 Fitness Professional, specializing in the movement and fitness for golfers. He works with golfers of all levels, including the PGA Tour winner, Adam Long. He is the co-founder of 18 Strong, which is an online golf fitness brand that provides golfers with the resources, exercises, guidance to train properly, live a healthier lifestyle, and achieve maximum results on and off the links. Today, we are talking about movement patterns for athletes, vanity training, and the habits that build your recovery. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) My baby is sick. I have a four-year, a four-month-old. Uh, he's going back to, um, he's going to daycare, and he's bringing all this crap home. Uh, today we are talking about movement patterns for athletes, vanity training, what that is, and if you should or should not be doing it, and the habits that build your recovery routine. Let's get into it. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jace. Excited to be here. Awesome. Well, I got to ask, obviously you've done a lot in the in the golf uh, kind of industry. Is that the sport that you first kind of fell in love with as a kid? No. In fact, I didn't really start playing golf and really loving golf until I was close to 30 years old. My background really? is really more in, in soccer. I grew up in a soccer family here mm. in St. Louis. We like to think of St. Louis as kind of the, the hub of, of soccer, uh, you know, back in the 1960s and 70s and my grandpa my dad all played very high level national championships at the collegiate Mm. level Um, and so I played into into college and so that was always like my number one sport I played a little bit of everything like most kids did uh, baseball basketball but no uh, soccer was my first love probably still my my big love but golf I'm completely addicted to now as well and that's what I do you know day in and day out with my with my clients and, and the people that we work with online. So um, I, I have to say, yeah. I love both of them now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you still play any soccer? I coach, I help coach my son's team. Um, I play a little yeah. bit, not, not regularly on a recreational basis, but uh, once a year yeah. we definitely play uh, January 1st. We, we have a big game that we always play. Um, but, okay. Uh, I kick around a couple of times a year and then I get my fix at my son's soccer practice usually. Gotcha. Yeah, I think soccer is probably one of those harder ones to find post collegiately if you're not doing it, you know, in some sort of league. Whereas there's pickup basketball games, there's all these races, but I imagine it's harder to find in soccer. Yeah, there's uh, there's so. quite a bit of indoor soccer that that's played, but I haven't I haven't had any major injuries um, or surgeries, and I really don't want to have any. Sure. And, and indoor soccer is <laughs> yeah. for a lot of those kind of things. So I try to stay away. For sure. For sure. So you said you didn't pick up golf until age 30. Uh, like, why? How did that happen? Yeah, kind of a, a strange situation. I was working in the physical therapy clinic here in St. Louis. I've been working in the clinic for about six years after graduating, more of a general orthopedic style clinic. And um, mm-hmm. I worked in a big orthopedic center. So surgery center, we had the fitness center, uh, we had the physical therapy center. And in the fitness center, there was a lady who had just moved back to town. She was from St. Louis originally, but had been touring around with the PGA Tour, uh, working with golfers mm-hmm. on their fitness. And she came back to St. Louis and started working with um, some golfers here locally. And then we connected because I was helping. She would send them over to me when they got busted up, and I'd fix them up and send them back. So sure. we started working together. And uh, one day she asked me yeah. if I wanted to um, kind of jump ship on the, the PT side and come join her. and and start work yeah. to build the, the golf fitness practice. And so, uh, you know, after many long conversations with my wife and and um, kind of being a little burnt out in the physical therapy industry, mm-hmm. seeing, you know, 35 patients a day and 
and running in clinic yeah. of seven seven therapists, I decided it was time to try something new, something where I could be more on the preventative side of things. Um, I sure. knew that I could help the golfers because I know the way the body moves. I didn't really know much about golf itself, though. I figured I could I could yeah, learn yeah. about that. Um, and so, yeah, made made kind of a jump and and dove in and started learning as much as I could about golf. And and here we are, you know, 13 years later. And uh, this is what I'm what I'm still doing. Yeah. So 13 years ago, if you if somebody told you, hey, Jeff, you're going to start working with golfers and you're going to be you know, listed in the top 50 fitness professionals in the Golf Digest and, you know, working with Adam Long, would you have told them that they were crazy or did you see the vision? Oh, right no, away? for sure. They were crazy. Uh, I mean, I had, <laughs> you know, take me back to 2008. And I mean, I just kind of assumed I was going to be a physical therapist. I'd maybe move on to owning a clinic or a couple of clinics, you know, kind of go down that traditional path. And um, I had a friend that introduced me to a little bit more of the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial side of, of business and um, had gotten involved in a couple of things with him just as far as like some supplement sales and things like that. And so I started to realize that, you know, there's there's more to it than just going down that same track that I've seen so many other physical therapists go down. And I, I think that's what opened my yeah. eyes to, you know, just new possibilities and uh but no had you told me I'm, i'd be working with um uh, a guy who ends up winning a pga tour event I, in fact one of my other clients just made it into he's playing in the u.s open in a couple of weeks now um okay yeah no i mean i golf to me was going out and playing in a charity scramble drinking a bunch of beer and um you know maybe on a guy's yeah, yeah. golf trip for a bachelor party or something like that <laughs> yeah i get you so you had said something in there that I want to just kind of highlight because it's going to frame the conversation um, for anybody who's not in golf. You said, you know, you you weren't in golf first and you could help golfers because you knew mm -hmm. the body. And so a lot of this, what we're going to talk about is, you know, he has experience in golf, but it applies to any athlete, no matter, you know, what sport you're doing, there's basic movements that the body does. Uh, and that's what we're going to kind of talk about with fitness and, um, you know, flexibility, strength, that kind of stuff. So uh, I want to start with, you had mentioned, like, it's very important to keep simple fitness and nutrition as kind of a, a practice why do you think that is and how do you you know keep it simple well you know kind of going back to what you just said about you know yeah i work with golfers or in the physical therapy clinic i, I work with people that were injured um you deal a lot, a lot with the endurance population um you know really any any athlete there's basic needs that we all have right and and i think that we're so quick mm -hmm. to jump to the very specific things, whether that be for our sport or if it's diet and nutrition, we try to find like what's the what are the one percent things that will help people as but we tend to step over like the big basics and the big rocks. And sure. I think that yeah, yeah. time and time again and, and now I've on our podcast I've had a chance to, you know, interview we've done over three hundred episodes and interview a bunch of great coaches and, and trainers and instructors and you know the best coaches that I find are the ones that boil it down as simply as possible. So they guarantee that their, their clients, their athletes, whoever are going to, first of all, follow the plan and get the results. Right. Yeah. And so I think when we step over the very simple things and try to go to these really complex things, complex, complexity is the enemy of, of execution is a quote that I can't remember. Maybe Tony mm. Robbins or something. Yeah, yeah. Said. But um, if you give somebody simple steps to follow, you know, let's say for nutrition it's you know eat your vegetables get good quality protein you know don't snack pay attention to your calories it's like those are the boring things and we don't want to hear about that but those are also the things that kind of get the job done if you really put any time and effort into it so i think that if we if we don't pay attention to the simplicity and the consistency it, it, it's those two things if you can keep it simple but you can do it for a long period of time that's what's actually going to get you your results, whether that's looking better in the mirror, whether that's reducing your, your time on your runs, whether that's, you know, improving your, your golf score or um, improving your driving distance. It's because you put in the consistent effort. If you're trying to do all these different things, you end up kind of 
not doing anything really well. Yeah. Uh, I think some of this complexity comes with the, hey, I don't want to do yeah. the simple things. And trying that quick fix, you know, the, the, the energy shake that's promised to, you know, increase your VO2 and, you know, the, the super, the new superfood that's like a recovery, you know, machine and stuff. And we, then we're like, oh, I can do that. And then not sleep as much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I used to be a supplement junkie, you know, give me a protein a protein shake that's going to build 10 mm-hmm. pounds of muscle or, you know, load up on the creatine or the, you know, the body fat blaster yeah, yeah. 2000, whatever, you know, it all sounds great. And, but I mean, my mom has told me from the day I was a little kid, if it sounds too good to be true, <laughs> yeah. it is. And that's usually pretty, pretty darn good advice. And it's, you know, when you talk to any super high level athlete um, or anybody that's achieved a ton of success in whatever they do it could be a business person. They do the the very mundane things, and they just do them mm-hmm. repetitiously. And they do the things that other people don't see them doing. And I think that's part of it too. Is you know maybe with the social media and Instagram and all that stuff, we tend to see and gravitate towards the flashy stuff, and that's what people put out there because they know that they need to get clicks and and views. And I yeah. I totally get that, um, but we don't see a lot of the the little totally. simple things that people do the little you know maybe stretching routine or warm-up routine or whatever the golfers are doing or the endurance athletes are doing that you know isn't very sexy but they do it every single day post at the end of the day hey i i finished my you know water drinking quota for the day or uh, i woke up (laughs) i woke up and i got eight hours of sleep last night (laughs) that's good content right right there (laughs) yeah uh, cool. So you you kind of started this eighteen strong brand. Then was that right away um, that you started that when you started working with golfers, or was that along the way? And and kind of tell us the story of um, how that came to be and, and what it means. Eighteen strong. Eighteen strong came out um, not until two thousand fourteen. Okay. So two thousand eight is when I had kind of transitioned over, started working with golfers. Um, and then in 2012, I ended up, um, the original owner of the company I was working with, she moved out of town. And so then I, I was kind of on my own mm-hmm. doing my own thing. And then I, I partnered up into a, a sports performance gym called Elevated Performance and teamed up with a friend of mine who he worked with a lot of professional hockey players, um, professional hockey players, junior hockey players. And so it was kind of this mix, kind yeah. of a cool mix in our gym where we had golfers and really most of the golfers that were there were more of the the regular country club you know kind of general type golfers um but the hockey players a lot of them in the off season were some professionals that would come in uh, back to st louis and um and then it was around that time that i i wanted to start doing something that had a little bit more exposure really to help um get the word out about fitness and golf uh, because at the time you know, golfers were not paying attention to working out or anything like that. Back in 2008, this was really a very novel idea, which, um, you know, we see sports go through that, that transition of, you know, you saw basketball and baseball, you look back in the seventies and nobody was lifting weights or doing any of that stuff. So golf was kind of in this transition. And so in, in 2000, really 12 or 13, I started just writing some online articles and started a blog. And then 2014, um, teamed up with my cousin Ryan, who has had a background in like some website development and mm-hmm. things like that. So we decided, hey, let's team up, and I'll create the content. You help me with the back end stuff because I wanted to get out the word to guys like my buddy. Um, you know, I was on a golf trip one time and I was sitting there having a beer after our round with a, a buddy of mine from college, yeah. and he's telling me all the stuff that he's starting to do to work out for his golf game, and and I looked him dead in the eye and I'm like, TJ. That's all the wrong stuff, man. Like you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> but but I appreciate the fact that you're yeah. you're seeing that that working yeah. out can help your golf game and training can and getting stronger can help the golf game. And so I knew that there was this desire yeah. for it, but but guys didn't know what they really needed to do. And that's sure. really where 18 Strong started was just some articles and then um, this new thing called podcast that I just heard about yeah. started up. And so I decided that'd be kind of cool to go and 
talked to some people in the industry and just reached out to a couple people I knew that worked with some tour players. And that's kind of where the whole thing started. Awesome. And then it's kind so of So that conversation with TJ is he's doing one thing and you're like, dude, that's wrong. <laughs> what was he doing and, and what should he have been doing? Well, okay, this is really funny because this will play right into our conversation about vanity okay. training. Um, so TJ was... He was doing a bunch of uh, bicep curls. Gotcha. He was doing a bunch of chest presses. Um, and and he's like, yeah, it just makes me feel a lot stronger when I'm standing over the ball. You know, it makes me feel a lot more confident over the ball. And so on on one hand, I love that. I love that it makes him feel more confident. Yeah. And that's why I think that, and we can get into this a little bit deeper, but I think that there is some benefit to doing some vanity training. And when I say vanity training, I mean, you know, kind of the pool muscle training that we all did when we were in high school, right? Um, But on the other hand, just doing that style training wasn't really setting him up for his body to move a whole lot better. Um, You know, like doing isolation exercises for your biceps isn't going to do a whole lot for for your golf swing. Um, But all we had to do, he had the desire to to get in and start doing some work. what I then encouraged him to do was, hey, let's get a little bit more of the lower body stuff involved because most guys love to skip leg day, like we all know. Um, but as, as you know, Jace, I mean, the lower body is really our engine. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, we look at a golfer and we look at a golf swing, we look at these athletic movements, and you think of the swinging and the rotation, but most people don't, don't realize, like, that all starts at your feet. That all starts with your contact with the ground. And if, if you can help a guy who's, you know, now – we're in our forties, early forties, but you know, if you can help a guy that's in his thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, that hasn't done much training for his lower body, just that right there could completely revolutionize his game because he's yeah. going to have so much more strength, power, endurance. Um, so yeah. that was one piece. And then, you know, I, I like to balance things out. We all do everything kind of forward and hunched sure. forward. So a bunch of bench presses and bicep curls is only going to tighten you up in the front yeah. again. So I like to really kind of get the work the back, the posterior side for the golfers because, you know, we're all hunched over a desk or a phone or whatever. So those those were kind of the, the initial things for TJ. Yeah. You had mentioned like it starts with the starts with the the base of, you know, the legs or some or with golfers, you know, they have they don't work on their base. Um, I would say also runners don't work yeah. on their upper body. And that causes problems too, um, because they're like, I don't need it. I need to be as light as possible. And I got in trouble with this. You're looking at a guy who couldn't do like 10 push ups after his college career wow. without being sore for a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, now I've, I've filled out a little bit more training for obstacle course races, but, uh, I think to the, the point I'm trying to make is you don't have to, a just do vanity training for you know because that's not going to translate but it's also good to have you know some sort of training that's not specific to what you're doing because i think um athletes are notorious for just training what's going to make them faster uh, and then that causes problems down the road whether it's after they you know after they um, are not athletes anymore uh, for the sakes of the word or uh, in the injury realm where they have to make a movement that they wouldn't normally make, whether in a race or in a basketball game or on a golf course, and then they get hurt. Um, so what are you doing now to do like the prehab stuff so you are reducing in- injuries? Because that's uh, to me, that's a, a big part of the recovery is making sure that you don't have to have you know extended recovery um so what are you doing on the front end with some of you guys yeah you're right your recovery shouldn't shouldn't be rehab right yeah yeah your your recovery should just be recovery um and yeah that's the whole thing is the the preventative side of it and that's one of the big reasons why i was so excited to to get out of the clinic and move over to this side because i knew that you know i think that a lot of golfers and this this goes for everybody. Uh, you know, I know that you don't have many golfers probably listening to this, but but athletes in general, um, and a lot of athletes as we get past our athletic careers, a lot of them do tend to go play golf because it's like the one thing you can do for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. Um, 
I'd love to do it if I could hit a ball straight. <laughs> <laughs> There's always time, man. There's always time. But that that's what's so unique about um, working with golfers is I could be working with a 13-year-old kid. I could be working with a, a 45-year-old guy like myself, or I could mm. be working with an, an 85-year-old uh, person, male or female. And so they've all got their, their different needs. Um, and, you know, especially for the population that we tend to hone in on, which is more guys of my population, maybe that 35 to 65 range. It's almost like society just kind of tells them to expect to have back pain, um, to, to gain, gain weight. You know, your, your performance on the course is gonna, it's gonna worsen, you know, you're not gonna hit a ball as far. And, and what I would love to see is when these guys start to do just, we, we start everybody out with just some basic movement routines just to get their body moving. But then we also implement some strength training stuff, ba- very basic stuff, you know, squats, split squats. Um, if they can do pull-ups, we, we try to get everybody to do pull-ups, but, you know, pull-downs, those kind of things. We're, yeah. we're basically working on the main, you know, push, pull, squat, hinge, all of those things that are really fundamental movements for not just athletes, but human beings. Um, but many of, the, of them haven't been doing any of it. And so simply by getting the, the lower body stronger, just like you said, you're helping to not just prevent injury when they're playing their sport, but we all have lives outside of our sports too. You <laughs> yeah. know? And like you were just saying, saying you have a youngster at home and I've got three kids and it's like sometimes you're chasing after a kid and that's when you're going to you know, pop a hamstring <laughs> or something like that. So yeah. when, or you when, sneeze wrong. Yeah, you know, so when when you can just kind of build some muscle strength, you can you can teach the body to handle resistance, and really that's where we, the name eighteen strong comes from. Is it's not like strong like oh let's barbell squat five hundred pounds. We yeah. think of strong as um, the definition of being able to withstand great pressure or force, mm-hmm. and that's mentally, that's physically, um, and so the the more we can prepare somebody's body to handle the forces it's going to endure on the golf course or off the golf course, the better off they're going to be. So just some specific things for golfers. We know that their shoulders and their hips uh, are like kind of the big areas where they end up having uh, pain and issues. Well, shoulders, hips, and back. Back is is pretty much number one, but it's usually because their shoulders or their hips aren't working. And so if we get their shoulders and hips working better, we work on, you know, some of the shoulder blade muscles and things like that. Uh, we get the hips rotating a little bit better. That takes a lot of stress off of the other areas of the body. And that's typically what I find is that one area of the body is not working very well. So the area that's hurting is kind of taking up the slack or, or yeah. know, taking up all so the, the stress. So when you say experience. not working very well, um, do you mean like it's just weak or it's not like there's some inhibition where it can't have its full range of motion? or um, muscle, um, you know, contraction. Yeah, in in some instances, so many times for the hips, it's that they don't have um, the range of motion. And, you know, if you think of a golfer swinging, when he swings his front leg, he he has to rotate really hard on that front hip. Typically for a right-handed golfer, um, it's that left hip. And many golfers don't have very good rotation on either hip, really, but um, if that front hip isn't isn't able to rotate very well, then um, the back has to create. There has to be some more rotation at the the lower part of the back or the lumbar spine, um, and so the spine really isn't meant to rotate there. But it starts taking up that stress, and then those discs can can gotcha. be irritated. The uh, the facet joints around there can be irritated because your lower back is as much as it looks like you're rotating there. Your lower back. It, you look at a spine is really meant to just bend forward and backwards. You know, it's meant to flex and extend our upper back, like where our, our thoracic spine is, our rib cage. That's where we should rotate on the spine. And then, you know, we obviously rotate at our hips. But if, if either of those aren't rotating very well, then mm-hmm. that lower part of the back starts to turn with it too. Cause it's almost like, you know, it's everything's stuck and it's all starting to rotate together. So typically what we'll do. And, sure. and so, to answer your question, um, is it strength? Is it range of motion? It kind of depends. A lot of times it's, it is it is strength. They don't have the strength to actively create that motion at a joint. So that might be their, their shoulder blade. They can't pull their shoulder blade back far enough to rotate well. 
that could maybe start at their spine not being able to their upper spine not being able to rotate very well. So that's where we have to kind of dig in and, and figure out what those issues are. I find that you know once we start to work on some of those movements, some of them are just movements they just aren't used to doing until they go out and swing a club. If we just start to teach them sure. to exercise a few things in those motions, hence our, our motion routine and some of the strengthening exercises that we do, they'll start to free up those areas and that will start gotcha. to basically... You mentioned motion areas. routine. Uh, can you dig into that a little bit? Sure. Um, so... If you stick around and listen to enough of our episodes here on the Science of Sports Recovery podcast, you'll notice a common theme of importance of mobility in recovery and injury prevention. That's why I recommend checking out the Ready State's Virtual Mobility Coach to help you improve your mobility, recoverability, and injury prevention. The Ready State is a brainchild of coach and athlete Dr. Kelly Starrett, who you can learn more about on episode 13. His virtual mobility coach program helps athletes understand the importance of recovery, pain relief, and self-care. In other words, it helps fix the recovery side of training so you can keep seeing results from your workouts. His program will guide you through the same mobilizations used on athletes in the NFL, NHL, and MLB. Provide custom tools for pain relief, give you customized pre and post exercise mobilizations based on your training and sports schedule and deliver daily mobilizations to keep you on track to achieve your goals. You put your heart and soul into your workouts. Make sure you get the most of them by going to the readystate.com slash Jace. Again, that's the readystate.com slash J-A-S-E. The link will also be in the show notes. Now back to the show. Several years ago, I, I was introduced to a chiropractor by the name of Dr. Andrea Spina. Have you heard of him at all? The FRC, Functional uh, Range um, Conditioning, is is the name of their organization. Functional Anatomy Seminars is their, their seminar course. And um, okay. he introduced me to a concept called Controlled Articular Rotations, or they just call them CARs. Basically, think of that as articular is, is your joint, you know, your, your joints articulate. So, yeah controlling the articular motion and so it's like neck circles shoulder circles hip circles really just kind of getting a lot of the the major joints moving through their full range of motion on a daily basis so literally what this looks like for us is in the morning when i turn my coffee pot on before i i have my cup of coffee i do i think it's eight different moves Um, i do neck circles i do shoulder circles the hips the ankles I get down on the floor and I do like a 90-90 um, hip stretch. I do the uh, kind of that cat and camel. But basically, it's just getting all of these joints moving. And what that does yeah. is it, it helps to, first of all, get you in positions that your body doesn't tend to do throughout the, the regular portions of the day. For you know most people, especially mm-hmm. if they sit at a desk, they don't move these joints in, in those positions at all. Yeah. Uh, but it, it continues to bring blood flow and nutrients to those areas. So... Basically, so you're teaching the body how to handle more stress because that's when injury occurs is when, when the body can't handle the stress that is put on it, you get injured. So this is just a way to kind of test yeah. out your joints every morning, you know, and it's funny when you first start doing it and really to this day, you'll get like, I get like crunches in the neck, you know, you start to do these big circles and, you, yeah. and the key is to do, do them really slow, very slow and with intention and try to improve your range of motion throughout every single movement. And we've started, I, I tell people just do that before the round of golf. It's a great warm up before the yeah. round of golf. It, okay. So I, I want to dig into this a little bit, but more into what those eight movements are for you. But I have a few questions before mm-hmm. we get into that. Uh, one is, is this something that can be uh, kind of a one size fits all for each athlete? Or is it more of a, uh, hey, you're a basketball player. So these are your eight movements. A golfer, these are your eight movements. Like how do you? So the the original ones that um, that we went through with Dr. Spina, I mean, I it's funny, I went to a a seminar in Chicago, a two day seminar, really to learn these eight yeah. moves or whatever it is, nine moves. Um, and most people looking at him like that's so simple and and silly that you would you know spend two days on that. Um, but like you know, with anything, it, it's the details below to really understand why it's working is why we go to the courses. Um, but no, I mean he he works yeah. with 
M- uh, MMA fighters, uh, NFL football players, every athlete under the sun. And it's, I mean, we all have the same bodies for the most part, right? And so it's it's really, it's yeah. getting your spine moving properly. It's getting your shoulder joint and your shoulder blade able to move. And no matter how complex the movements are of whatever sport we're doing, if the basic fundamental pieces don't move, like if you have a, a car and the tires don't roll straight, that car is garbage, whether it's a Formula, yeah. Formula One or whether it's a, a Pinto, you know, barely rolling down the street. So everybody would totally. benefit from doing, I mean, I have my mom and dad doing these. I've got, um, you know, I taught my kids to do them because it's, it's basically just getting those joints so they don't get, you don't get in a rut where you start to lose range of motion that you once had. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it for, for us as we get older is starting to try to reclaim the mobility that we once had. But if we can start some of these kiddos younger, you know, they can keep that and, and then they can gain cool. more control over those. Uh, okay. So that gives us some context. I want to just dig into a little bit of go slowly through the eight moves uh, or, you know, kind of what they are in their attention. Uh, you mentioned first was mm-hmm. neck circles. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So explain audio <laughs> best that you sure. can without anybody um, seeing you. <laughs> and, and so for, for our golfers, we, we kind of threw in a couple other ones that are, have a little bit more of a golf motion to it just to, to get them doing a few things. But, but the basic ones okay. are simply, um, yeah, neck circles. It's exactly what you would think. Pretend you have like a, a pencil sticking out of the top of your head. And then all you're going to do is try to draw as big of a circle as you can. So uh, keep your keep your mouth closed when you do this, because as you reach up, you'll notice that your mouth tends to open up. But you're going to tip your chin down to your chest. And then you're simply going to roll your head all the way around. Again, kind of drawing that big circle with that pencil on top of your head. And you're going to do it really slow. I mean, take five to ten seconds to make one one pass of it and as you're doing it you're really just trying to to make that motion as big as you can one um one word of caution is if you do feel pain as you're doing it like if you're when you're when you're going to one side if you feel pain on the side that you're bending towards don't push into that pain like if it's more of a pinching you don't want to pinch into that um just work your way around it yeah. Uh, but if you have pain kind of on the opposite side, like on the stretching side, the, the stretch is an okay discomfort. But if it's on the, the bent side, that's more of a pinch and you don't want to, to pinch through anything. But, um, gotcha. Okay. Uh, does, I'm assuming, does that, that hold true with any of these? With any with of the pinching, yeah. uh, stretching? You, you want to, okay, it's cool. good to continue with the movement, but just stay away from the painful away from the painful area because the movement again brings the blood flow the movement does a lot of good things and and many times you'll find that after you do it several times it starts to ease up that discomfort and you'll you'll be able to get through that full range of motion awesome okay so we started with neck circles what's uh what's next on the eight or nine list next one i i go into the um i call them scapular circles so that would be more like your shoulder blade so you think of you know you've seen guys doing shrugs at the gym yeah. with the weights, you know, kind of shrugging up towards your ears. Well, you're going to do basically one arm at a time. And you're going to, you're not only just going to shrug up towards your ears, then you're going to pull the whole shoulder blade back behind you. And then you're going to drop the shoulder all the way down and then you're going to kind of roll it forward. So I think of, you know, doing, I'm, I'm almost doing like a reverse shoulder roll. And if I was standing up, you'd see my arm is just dangling at the side. I'm okay. trying to keep the arm pretty straight. Um, and then I would reverse it. So yeah. all of these you're going to do basically both ways, too. You'll do clockwise, counterclockwise. Gotcha. Um, and I just have, we just tell everybody to do three to five repetitions. Um, the more time you have, the slower you'll want to do them. But if um, some days I, I have to kind of rush through them because I'm in a time crunch. But yeah. some days I'll take, some days it takes five minutes to do this. Some days I'll spend 30 minutes doing it. Gotcha. Is there advantage doing one shoulder at a time versus both of them? Uh, control. Yeah, you're going to find that one. you're probably better with one than the other. The shoulder blade's a funny one because most people have never really done that all by itself. And it's it's harder to do. You'll find that you're going to want to kind of like bend your, yeah. bend your head towards your shoulder or 
you're gonna see like your elbow kicking back and things uh, like gotcha. that. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a way to kind of concentrate a little bit more on that one side versus the other side. If you, there are many days where, where I do them both together, again, more to save time than anything. Yeah. But if you're just starting out, I would highly suggest do the right side then the left side, gotcha. just so you can separate the two out. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so neck, shoulders, or scapulas. Scapula, uh, yeah, because then three. the next one is more of like a, I would call this the shoulder circle, where it's more of a full arm, almost like a windmill, where you're okay. trying to do the, the whole arm going up over your head and then back behind your back. Again, kind of hard to explain just via audio, but if you were standing straight up, you put your right arm straight out in front of you, and then you raise your arm all the way up over your head as high as you can get. Then you're going to rotate the arm to where your hand goes kind of outward, and then you drive the arm back behind your back. Yeah, so. And then, then, you, then you reverse it going the other way, too. Now, the key on this one is really trying to keep your shoulders and chest square, where it's really just just the motion of the shoulder so the cheat would be kind of doing you know rotating your whole body when you're trying to do it i think of i think of like a pinwheel you try to be as much like a pinwheel or a windmill um, yeah that that's big. a good visual for it um and if anybody's getting lost at this point <laughs> and um uh, i will be posting the full video of this um eight movements on instagram so you can go follow me at jt's j a E cheese, uh, and it'll be there. Or if you just search Jace Craft, you'll find me. Uh, okay, so we have the scapular uh, circles, which is the shoulder movement, the arm just dangling. Then we have the arm circles, which is the full arm, um, kind of a- as high as you can reach, as low as you can reach, um, and and back and forward. What is number four? So the next one, this is one that we've kind of adapted a little bit from from Dr. Spina. This is more, uh, we do just kind of a, a rotation. You can either do this seated or standing, but just really try to rotate your shoulders. So my hips are staying still on my chair and I'm trying to rotate my shoulders as far as I can, really rotate my whole chest and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that by using those muscles on the, the back side of my, so whichever side I'm turning to, I'm using the, the muscles on the back side of my shoulder trying to pull myself into that rotation as opposed to taking this side and kind of pushing into rotation, if that makes sense. So that, that allows me to really kind of pull around my spine a little bit more and you'll feel those muscles in your back working. And Mm -hmm. that's a really crucial piece for, for our golfers, especially, but, but a lot of people lose function in their thoracic spine and they lose that good rotation and that can lead to a lot of shoulder problems that can even lead to elbow problems, tennis elbow, golf elbow. Again, if one part's not working, another yeah. area of your body has to work harder to, to catch up. Totally. You're speaking my language on this one because uh, my elbows have always been notoriously not great. My shoulders have no range of motion. Uh, they do a little okay. bit now. Uh, <laughs> I've been working on them, but when I got out of, of college, it was like they could do the running form, and that was it. <laughs> exactly exactly it's like a golfer that does not yeah, swing a golf club exactly right? I mean, you, you get good at your <laughs> at your one thing and uh you can't stray from that yeah okay so four is rotating the torso um you're pulling with your back as opposed to pushing with your uh opposite shoulder and you're going to do that both ways and then uh move on to uh move number five which is so the next one would be what I call hip circles. And this is, I won't be able to do it since I'm attached to the cord to the computer, but yeah. standing up, basically it's almost like you're going to bring one leg up in front, like one knee up in front, almost to 90 degrees. And then think of it as almost like stepping backwards over a hurdle mm. to your side. Yeah. So you're going to step backwards and then you're going to bring that leg back up and over into the front. Gotcha. Again, even on this video, you can see as I'm mimicking it with my hand, I'm kind of like bending my, my chest. The yeah. key here, again, is everything else should be nice and tall and straight while yeah. you're only working on that one that one piece. So as you bring that leg up, 
you're going to then bring it out to the side and kind of go up and over the hurdle, bring it down. So it's very similar to the arm circle. Gotcha. And just as a reminder, you're not going through the circle. Like it's not a complete circle over and over. You're going to the, essentially almost a complete circle, then starting over and coming back. So it's right. not like a C. Um, question on this one. Do you keep your foot kind of like down underneath your knee the whole time? Or do you bring it out to like swing it out to the side like you would be trying to get as high over the hurdle? Or is it just on the hip? That's a great question. You, yeah, you actually do bring that foot up like you're trying to bring the foot up over the hurdle first. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And again, these visuals will be on Instagram. Uh, number six, after we're probably moving down the chain here, so you're going to really work on how to <laughs> show this. Uh, yeah. But what, what, what comes after hip circles? So the next one that we do, um, we tend, we just skip over to the, to the ankle. There is a knee one, but we don't have everybody do that one. Um, but, Again, very important. The knee is, is more of a hinging joint, which is why I don't put as much emphasis on it. Um, if we're trying to get our golfers to do anything, we're trying to minimize as much as we need them to do. So, totally. But the ankle is really, um, you know, you kind of lock your lock your shin however you want. So you can kind of like hold your leg and then basically you're just doing a big circle with your foot very slowly, trying to point in every single direction. just you know, doing a big rotation, trying to feel all the muscles working in every direction. So you'll do three, three to five of them one way, and then also do it back the other way. And you'll start, you'll feel, sometimes you might even get cramping in the bottom of your foot. You might get cramping in some of those muscles up along the side of your ankle. And again, that cramping is really just the fact that you don't use those muscles very often, or you don't use them that hard. And so your body's trying to figure out what what to do so we tend or we tell our golfers like we want you to experience that cramp because that cramp is now telling your brain how to react and what it's trying to do so don't always bail out of a cramp when you get it if it's something like you know you're dehydrated after a 50 mile run or something that's different but if it's yeah. just going through <laughs> a simple little motion and you get a cramp on a muscle it's usually not so much a dehydration as it is a, a muscle confusion kind of a thing totally totally uh, cool. So I'm assuming we got a couple more ankle or foot ones uh, coming up here. The other two that we do are more, um, the one is the cat and camel. Uh, I think a lot of people are probably oh, gotcha. familiar with that where, you know, you're on your hands and your knees and you're really just kind of arching your back up as high as you can get it. And then you're kind of letting it sag as low as you yeah. can. And that's the same principle, It's it, but it's getting the discs in the, the spine to move. So we're gotcha. getting all those joints to move in a flexion and extension pattern. And then the other one would be um, sitting on the ground, getting in what I call the 90-90 position, where um, your hips are basically, this is kind of hard to explain, but one leg is out in front of you, and you've got your yeah. knee bent to 90 degrees, you've got your hip bent at 90 degrees, and then your other leg is also kind of back a little bit with the knee bent to 90 degrees. And you're basically sitting there trying to sit up as tall as you can. Gotcha. Like you're uh, top of a hurdle. Like if you're going over a hurdle. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. And yeah. then you start from that position, and then you try to do it without using your hands. You try to ro roll and rotate over to the other side where you can flip your legs to, to then. You're starting with your left leg in front of you. You're kind of like rolling on your butt to flip over to where your right leg is in front. Yeah. Sorry yeah. for everyone listening that has no idea what I'm talking about. I absolutely cannot do that. <laughs> you cannot do that, you said? Uh, not even close. Oh, Jace, come like, on, man. We got to get we got to get you doing these things. <laughs> I, and to be honest, it you know, much like you when I played soccer, um I I did nothing but soccer and I I ran and figuring like, hey, I, I'm running. I'm I, my legs are getting a bunch of workout. And uh but had I known to do this stuff for sure, but some of the strength training stuff, it's amazing how much further along I think my, my soccer career would have gone. But for all the runners, totally. all the endurance athletes that, that are listening, these little things could really, really, really help you with a lot of those nagging injuries and, and ailments that you guys have. Because I know that yeah. you know, as much pounding as you put your body through 
going through these long endurance races or the trail runs or the obstacle courses, you know, these are the things that will help get all of those little joints moving that aren't used to moving. And that's going to allow your body to function a lot more efficiently. Yeah. And I think there's, there's, there's a couple of notions to this. There's one, like you said, uh, that all we do is, uh, you know, do our sport and, and train for that. And I think there's some sort of like, um, ego involved with like hey if i'm running faster i'm healthy i'm fit i can do whatever i want essentially that's kind of how i felt i won't speak for the rest of the endurance crowd um but i was like i'm healthy you know because i can run a 410 mile that's what health means well it's not and i actually have um our next guest will be talking about what how you can be unhealthy um but be fit so you have to listen to that one but um, where I was going with this is that the, I think it also comes with complexity, like you mentioned in the beginning, where we say, okay, my hips are tight, and then we go and it's, you know, weak this, um, inflexible this, you know, do these seven exercises, and then, you know, that kind of stuff, and then just for the hips, and then do something else for the ankles, and, and that kind of stuff, and it kind of gets all lost and then not done, because it's not a habit, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and kind of closing out this conversation, uh, it this like routine the reason i spent so much time on this is because it's simple uh you know if you can just get in the habit of doing these eight things five minutes to 30 minutes every day at a certain time of the day you know set an alarm on your clock like you'll you'll feel the difference i always feel the most healthy as an athlete and as a person combined when i am most mobile and outside of my sport and and stuff and now that i'm trained for obstacle course racing like i have to be a lot more mobile so it's kind of nice um but that's my encouragement i guess to anybody listening is like this is simple it's effective and it'll just make you feel better it's it's amazing the response that we get from some of the the people in our community we call our community the crew and um you know like they'll they'll initially come in and say well hey I've, I've got back pain i've got this i've got do you have any exercises for this and i'll say start with the daily motion do it for seven days get back to me after that and let's see how everything feels and it's like three days in five days in man I'm, you know i'm starting to move better my, my neck is is less crunchy and yeah. and it's amazing by just doing these things again just getting the body moving the way that it needs to certain joints moving the way that, it ends up taking care of a lot of different things. So you don't have to go down that complex road like you were talking about. And you're like, oh, what's this is tight. And okay, here's your rehab exercise. It's like, no, just start here. Do these simple things. If we have to go any deeper, if we have to get any more involved, we can do that. But start with the, with the basics. Um, and that's really what we do with a lot of our training programs, too. Like our exercises, our, our programming is pretty basic to start. Um, because that's going to take care of 90% of what these guys need. You know, it's not like everybody's trying to be a PGA Tour winner. Uh, they want to maybe lose yeah. some weight. They want to get more mobile. They want to feel better. They want to, you know, maybe gain some distance. All of that can happen with very basic training, but you have to do it, right? You have to do it, do it on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has to be simple enough and easy enough and habitual enough that you actually yeah. do it and, and i made it i mean i'm i'd like to think that i'm naturally a lazy guy and i you know i don't want to sit and do an hour's worth of mobility work every yeah. day give me something that's simple <laughs> that i can do in five and ten minutes that really makes me feel like i could walk out on a golf course right now and, and go hit the first tee without warming up um yeah I, i'm in give me that yeah totally i uh i will keep that in mind uh, when I hire a personal trainer, like, I want somebody lazy. Because <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs> I'll keep it simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I was the opposite in high school. I had like a, a little project that I, I was training people for like my senior project or whatever, but I was unnaturally <laughs> motivated and I did a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, and I just expected other people to do it. Well, nobody followed through with that because um, I wasn't keeping it simple. So now I'm I'm like, I got a life, you know, and a kid and a business. And I'm like, 
I need something easy. Yeah, if, if so. there's one thing that, that uh, being a physical therapist taught me is if you're sending somebody home with exercises, they better be very clear. They better be very simple for them to follow because you, know, you give people five exercises and they come back and show you what they've been trying to do and they don't get them right or they just don't do them at all. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, cool. Well, we're at, at the end of our time, Jeff. It's great having you on. Um, tell us where we can find 18 Strong. I believe that's a, a podcast. Um, so I'm assuming you can search it on Apple, Google, Spotify, all the works, as well as going to 18strong.com. That's one eighth, not spelled out. Uh, 18strong.com. Um, I believe you have a, a free trial of your golf fitness app there. Uh, any Anywhere else you want to send? people or tell a little bit more about that podcast and yeah yeah obviously um if you guys are listening to the podcast listening to this podcast you love to listen to podcasts and uh, so we'd love for you to come over and, and check out 18 strong and yeah it's just one eight strong all one word you can search it over on itunes and everything um but we like to say that we're more than just a golf and fitness podcast because we do bring on a lot of mental game coaches um, we've had a navy seal sniper on um, talking about performance under pressure so we, we try to really kind of bridge the gap of bringing in cool experts, fun people that either have experiences in the world of golf or performance or athletics or something, um, and maybe they just love to play the game or they have some tie to the game. Uh, so, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you come over there. And then, yeah, 18strong.com, we do have a free trial. In fact, that might be the, the best place for you to go to really understand what the daily motion is. Um, you can try the try the app for seven days, and, heck, I mean, you can even return it afterwards. You'll know the drills by the end of the, the seven days. Um, if you're not interested in doing any of the other programs on there, but, um, 18strong.com, you'll see right on the homepage, uh, a video of me and you can get the, the daily motion drills right on your phone. And I, I highly recommend, in fact, I challenge you to do that, to go, go over there and get that, try it for seven days and see if it doesn't feel better. Yeah. That's awesome. Go do that instead of uh, the Instagram <laughs> thing. <'cause laughs> that might be hard to Yeah, you'll get a much better see, description but... uh, over on the app as opposed to uh, <laughs> what we just did here. Yeah, the Instagram's like the, the $1 um, fee, and, and then the app is like, you know, the full, yeah. the full, uh, full course meal there, so... Cool. Well, thanks, Jeff, for being on. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of great information. Thanks, Jace. Really enjoyed being here. All right. Episode's over. If you found value in this episode, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. And if you haven't already yet subscribed, do so now so you don't miss any important topics in the coming week. And if you have any questions or suggestions for the show, please send them my way. I am most responsive on Instagram. That's at jcheese, J-A-E cheese like the food or email me directly at jace j-a-s-e at science of sports recovery.com talk soon